JM in the AM. Thanks for tuning in, for joining us as we continue our adventure here in Atlanta, Georgia. We're at the Beth Jacob Congregation, and Donnie Katz is our guest. He is a resident of the Toco Hills section of um, Atlanta, Georgia. And he is currently working as a manager in the uh, Entity Planning and Analysis Team within Flight Profitability at Delta Airlines here in Atlanta, Georgia. Graduated with a PhD in civil engineering from Georgia Tech. For his doctoral work, he explored the revenue impacts associated with de-peaking hub airline schedules. Prior to attending Georgia Tech, he won a Fulbright to study bus crowding in Dhaka, Bangladesh, and collected and analyzed data to understand how bus design characteristics, stop locations, and crowding at doors influences safety and operational performance measures. Donnie Katz, <laughs> if I had the opportunity, you would be the only guest on this three-hour show. <laughs> Welcome to JM and the AM. Glad to be here. Uh, and you're working for Delta for how long? Six years now. All right. And uh, look, you know that a regular guy like me has no idea what... what uh, Flight profit, uh, what what entity planning and analysis means within flight profitability at Delta? Can you explain it to an average layman like myself? Of course, I think I do it every Shabbos. Um, <laughs> so basically, we try to figure out how much each flight is making. Um, obviously, not flight by flight. We have a big system that does that. But trying to figure out, like you know, the flights that you all would have flown in on, like how much does Atlanta to LaGuardia make on you know January thirtieth at eight a.m. Um, just to understand what costs go into that and then obviously we know the ticket prices and you know partitioning that all around so that you can say oh this flight's doing well this flight's not doing well right. and do you include all the extras in that oh the, yeah all the, all the, the baggage and the the meals and snacks that are purchased yeah that makes that makes the whole thing the whole, whole thing work right. that's so. the whole industry right <laughs> yeah so without and, those and that, that's actually the, the easy part the hard part is figuring out okay you got a pilot who's flying that he flies all month he flies 20 flights you got to push all that around to all the various things he does he gets vacation time all that builds up you know, your fuel prices how much you're playing the flight attendant maintain the cost of like you know make sure the airplane breaks down which it never does a delta never does um, <laughs> you've never seen it at least <laughs> but the, the constant maintenance we do to make sure things fly right all the time all right so what is the i mean i would assume uh um aircraft maintenance is your largest cost or i'm wrong about that fuel definitely fuel, fuel is yeah. the largest cost um, it, it, it's a it's a big portion of what delta does uh, all airlines do um particularly um well, you know well airlines these days and even fuel is a much bigger cost than ever has been before and it's a huge thing that you know all the airlines are facing at any given time with fuel spikes you know, it's a it's a big deal we work around um but definitely our biggest cost and half the time that we see prices go up in the airline industry it's because of fuel prices is I that what you're saying i definitely think when, when fuel rises all the airlines need to they kind of right the ticket ticket usually one airline will initiate a fair increase sometimes it's southwest sometimes it's delta it doesn't matter then, then we'll see if airlines will match it and it's all coming because as fuel rises there's a need to right. you know, recoup that cost are airlines profitable Yes, I think most U.S. airlines are profitable, if not all airlines are profitable right and now. And because of people like yourself, they're able to stay profitable because you're determining what is necessary in order to do that. Yeah, exactly. You know, there's putting thought into what's the best way to fly the fly the airplane, which airplanes going on right. which routes. Uh, you know, you don't want to fly. How a, does an airline make a decision to cancel a flight? Usually, it's because it's not making money. Um, I think I think 
for so weather is only an excuse. Oh, oh, I thought you meant cancel. Like, like don't fly the flight ever again. No, like, oh, okay. no, no. I don't mean that. I don't mean okay. the, the route or anything like that. I mean, you know, if yeah. if we read today that twenty seven hundred flights are canceled in the United States, mm-hmm. and I'm sure your airline is affected by it, right? By yeah. the cold in the middle part of the country. Mm-hmm. Um, at, at some point, that decision had to be made, and 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 what was what went into that decision to yeah, cancel so the flight? We've got this really cool place. It's called the Operations Control Center, and it's or actually Operations and Customer Care Center. Um, and it's got these big TV screens, all these wet meteorologists, folks like hundreds of folks determining is this is this flight safe to fly. Um, you know, is the, with the weather, um, it's it's almost always gonna be weather if a flight gets canceled. Right. At, at least with Delta, we have very few maintenance cancellations because we do maintain the aircraft at a very high level, um, and we've made put a big big priority on making sure we don't have anything pop up right. that cancel a flight. But there's a difference when a flight is canceled this morning because of weather, as opposed to yesterday or last night because of weather that's expected. That I would assume is a different algorithm to Certainly. determine should we cancel this flight or yeah, not. Yeah, I think yesterday when they when they pre like, they pre canceled 170 flights, right. they were just being prudent. Um, maybe they they saw that there was ability to do that within the schedule flexibility, um, to not not risk the, the whole operation breaking down across right. across. Our do network. they regret it in retrospect or not? Knowing that the weather was not a challenging day yesterday in Atlanta, in the end, do you think Delta would have preferred if they would have had a regular day of flying? Uh, yeah, we always prefer a, a, a you know, blue right. call a blue sky day. Um, <laughs> right. You know, and with no wind and no turbulence. Yeah, those those, those <laughs> days those days are great. Um, I, I don't know if they re- regret it. I mean, certainly customer and, and employee safety comes first, and they saw there was going to be issues out there yesterday. I mean, especially with, with if there's ice on the tarmac, you got guys out there and, and you know working the working the ramp. That can be dicey, and you want to make sure everyone's working safely and properly at, at the right pace, and not rushing in a, bad, in a bad situation. Right. How do you determine which snacks to bring onto a flight? Is that um, also a cost uh, issue? Well, I, th- I think they, 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 they look at what customers want. In the morning time, they put off those Biscoff cookies, which aren't kosher. Um, <laughs> the nerve of that. <laughs> <laughs> they have, they have like, I think they have peanuts in the morning. And in the afternoon, they usually the, the fork, the complement of the four snacks we offer right now. <laughs> I've, I've noticed just flying what, what they happen to be. But we try to refresh those all the time. Um, Does this job take you to a lot of cities? You're always in Atlanta. My particular role, I'm always in Atlanta. I haven't really traveled around, despite working for a travel company. Right. Um, I, in like my six years, I've had, I've only had one business trip. Right. This is the guy in our company who does the most traveling, Yoni Pollock, and explain why he goes online and the flight's 150 bucks, and he goes online the next day and it's 19 dollars. Why is that? I'm, I'm really impressed. The price dropped that much. <laughs> <laughs> well, it may not be as much, but you have seen fluctuation. Why, why yeah. is that? That I could purchase it today at a certain price and tomorrow I'm going to save 100 dollars. Um, so tickets definitely drop prices, usually drop price on the weekends. I, t- I tend, to tend to see, um, that's because, um, you know, to, to, to incur, to get people to book on the weekends, which usually they're not looking at their computers at that time. Mm. It's less so. At least. That was your theory. I remember. Um, right. you know, there's, there's, there's less folks out there booking, but generally, you know, from what I understand is like you go, you go to work on a Monday and you, you leave work. You're like, well, maybe not you, but a lot of folks leave work and go, I, I hate my job and they want to get a vacation and, they come home and it's in the evening time. They get time they get to sit with their spouse and say, "Let's go on a trip this weekend." And so it's it's Monday night that we're you know we want to make sure that we are pricing correctly to take in that surge of demand, um, especially on f- Thursdays and Fridays as well. You might see folks coming in. This is a long week. I need to get away this weekend or next weekend, and we might price accordingly to make sure to capture that higher level demand. Um, so I think things things are priced based on based on when when we think people are going to book, um, and when we think people are not going to book, we need to maybe induce that demand. 
And that means lowering the prices. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or maybe there's a sale. Or you know, sometimes like if, if especially if Southwest, who's you know definitely going to be one of the lower players, lower price players in the network, um, or Spirit or Frontier, if they're putting out a sale, let's say on a weekend, we're going to need to match that. We can't we can't always be you know hundred dollars above everyone else. You know, we need to be on on par. Right. You ever hear of People Express? I have heard of that. You studied that whole thing? No. I flew in the 1980s on People Express for $19 to Cleveland. <laughs> and the whole concept was you get on the plane, you pay on the plane. Interesting. And, you know, you literally paid on the plane. Yeah. I mean, either cash or credit card. And uh, and it was all no frills. But these no frills efforts never seem to work in the airline industry. I, well, I think, you know, Spirit and Frontier are have made it work. They, they they're, have they're, made it work. They, they've really done a great job. They target... What where to fly properly? You mentioned you flew Cleveland to Miami. That would yeah. never work. Doesn't work as well these days on those no frill airlines. They like to fly people from cold nor- Midwest, like you know, Madison down to Tampa, some place that's going to be taking people from cold to warm in the winter, and then the summertime, you know, taking folks from I don't know. I don't know where they fly in the summer. <laughs> <laughs> they do a really good job in the winter down flying people to warm places. And how when we talk about studying what's happening on the buses in different cities, yeah. Uh, like the one you did in Dhaka, Bangladesh, um, is that is that essentially what city planners are doing, or this is a really a sub 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 specialty of the city planning category? Yeah, I think this is very specialized. I, I don't. I, most cities are not focused on how crowded their buses, at least in America, because their buses aren't generally very crowded. But in other parts of the world, you know, especially in developing countries, right. there's lots of crowding on buses. But they could use your expertise in Israel, you know. I mean, I've, I've seen some really rough scenes when yeah, it comes so, to loading buses in Israel. So there's, there's great stuff now, which you know, I did all that manually. They now have, like, automatic passenger counters, which at the door, counts when a person comes in, or at least have a video that can, um, you know, automatically tag people's faces and know when they get on and off. That's really helpful, because then you can really tell the bus load at any point in the route how many seats there are. You can figure out how crowded it is. And if you see a route that's, let's say, in, in, in Jerusalem that's really packed in, maybe that's worth reducing the headway, having a bus come every five minutes versus every ten, right. and uh, make sure it's not so crowded. How do you prevent people from walking into the back door? That's almost impossible. Yeah, so I saw <laughs> So, So at least, at least in my experience in Bangladesh, they'd have a, they'd have a conductor at both. Oh, at the back? Very labor-intensive. A conductor at the front, conductor at the back. It was very labor-intensive. I'm not sure it's it's always possible in where places you know, people aren't getting paid a buck a day. Right. Um, but, you know, it worked out there. What did we fly in, JetBlue? All right, so I, I was I was unimpressed with it. I know we got no. I know we got to move on to the next guest, but <laughs> I was I was very I was very unimpressed by our JetBlue captain. I'll tell you why. Mm. He said we are going to what's the expression? You park at a gate. What does the plane do? It, it deplanes, it parks, whatever it does. We're going to stop at D five. That's Delta five. And I said, mm. how could a JetBlue guy mention a competitor's <laughs> name in, in how he's trying to designate? I mean, it's Atlanta, I guess. That's what I was thinking. It was a tip of the hat maybe to Atlanta because Delta, is, its hub is in Atlanta, right? Yeah, yeah. But don't you find that to be a very strange strategy on the part of the captain? <laughs> you should, should, another word, right? Like, I would think anything. <laughs> donut, donut five. Exactly. <laughs> donut five. It drove me nuts that he went ahead and did that. And you're the only one I can complain to about this. <laughs> Donnie Katz, Toco Hills, unique uh, job. Thank you so much for joining us My this pleasure. morning. And best regards to our friends at Delta. We do have friends at Delta, right? Of course we do. Donnie Katz. There we go. Uh <laughs> There was too much turbulence, but on the JetBlue flight. Yeah, JetBlue had a little too much turbulence. Nothing Donnie can control, by the way. He is not uh, – can't believe we can't do a three-hour show with him. I have so many bus questions to ask him. <laughs> yeah, we should have him back. Next time we're in Atlanta, we have to invite him back. <laughs>